0: Additional sponsors include Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Biebert Collision Care Center, Cooper Complete Nutritional Supplements, Ascension Providence, Baylor University Hand Cammer School of Business, Common Grounds, Heritage Creamery, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, getting you ready for Baylor and Kansas State. You'll be able to hear it right here on ESPN Central Texas. And uh, Ryan Wallace uh, writes for the uh, 247 Network. You can follow him at uh, GPCWallace. GoPowerCats.com is the website. And uh, what I like about Ryan is he's providing us now with, like, what time sunset is in Manhattan uh, in relation to kickoff on Saturday. Ryan, welcome to the, uh, to the Matt Mosley Show. Uh, it's going to be a little chilly. I mean, uh, the, uh, t- the Texans who are arriving are not exactly used to this. Uh, you're saying temperatures in the mid to low 40s. That, uh, that worries
1: me a bit, Ryan. Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me on today, guys. Um, That's always a topic, you know, this late in the season with, especially when it comes to our message boards and with the Kansas State fan base, that they feel like they have an advantage um, typically over opponents from Texas is, you know, they want to bring up the weather, Uh, you know, guys from the South aren't used to this. And I've always been one that's kind of been in the camp of not fully buying into that. You know, maybe if we're talking snow, blistering winds 20 degrees sure but uh the more i dug into it you know and i you you were mentioning the tweet that i had out about it i think it's i think texas schools that have played at kansas kansas state iowa state or west virginia over the course of the last three years i believe they're five and seven and three of those wins came in lawrence against the jayhawks so maybe there's more (laughs) to it than then I've been led to believe uh, maybe I should should buy in more with what our message boards have been saying.
0: <laughs> I would always uh, advise you to stay out of the message boards, all right? <laughs> you are a professional. You do not need to spend time in there. I think there's a lot of – there was some stuff that was said, like on a Baylor board, and, and people were reacting to it about this coach that just left to go to Texas Tech. And I was just like – you know, the way you don't get triggered on those boards is by not, you know, just not going on them. Now, occasionally, maybe you can pick up something on there or hear something interesting. But I, I, I find it better to just stay off of that altogether. Now, I, what do you think about this? Uh, I mean, this is going to be a uh, fascinating matchup. I will say this. Baylor has not functioned. As great a season as they're having, they have not functioned really well on the on the road. What, K-State's quietly putting together a pretty nice season. Is this a team, oh, since Kleiman has arrived, how do they function at home? Like, I, I can remember a time when it certainly was a great uh, home-field advantage. But, but different administrations, it's different. Um, it, how have they functioned under, under Coach Kleiman? And, and, and kind of what are you expecting from that atmosphere on Saturday afternoon?
1: Well, I would say it's twofold. I think by and large, uh, the, the way that the team has executed at home you know, versus on the road, I, I don't think that's really changed much uh, in the transition from Bill Snyder to Chris Kleiman. This is a team that still plays up uh, to the home crowd and plays very well and feels comfortable. Seems like they play a little bit more loose, which you would expect probably of any college team, but certainly K-State seems to play a little bit more loose um, when they're at home. Um, the one thing that I will say, and it's kind of been a topic of discussion amongst the Kansas State fan base, local media here going into this one is, you know, on one hand, I think one one area that, that Kansas State probably holds an advantage against Baylor um, for all of the maybe personnel and matchup things that don't look that great on paper, a lot of the kind of outside areas that you look at, in particular, kind of the emotional factor that Kansas State will be riding. You know, Obviously, Baylor's coming off a huge win against Oklahoma, but K-State, winners of four in a row, it feels like this roster has regained some confidence. Um, They're playing with more bounce, more pep in their step, but more importantly for this particular matchup, they're going to be pretty much saying goodbye, waving goodbye to upwards of 30 seniors uh, on Saturday, and Mm. so they're going to be playing with a lot of emotion for those guys, particular, a guy like Skylar Thompson, the, the senior quarterback. that has been through so much with just injuries and, you know, battling through quarterback carousels and Bill Snyder's last year. He's really become the heart and soul of this locker room. And so there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be playing for him, uh, for Jerron McPherson, defensive captain, Noah Johnson, the center. Um, but I, I mentioned that it was kind of a twofold answer here because as I said, It's been a topic amongst the media because, in a weird way, for whatever reason, Kansas State fans have not been coming back into the games after halftime. Uh, There's been a real struggle. Nobody can really understand why. Uh, They're not sure if it's because there aren't beer sales in the stadium, which is the case, that you have too many people that are leaving the game and then either re-entering late because, of course, it takes time to get that many people back into the stadium or they're just not coming back in at all. It is also fall break this weekend for the students, and so there's been a campus push for kids to, you know, you can wait to go see mom and dad and have your laundry done an extra day. <laughs> Stay, watch the number 11 team in the country come in a- against a-, a team, like I said, with K-State that's riding high right now with momentum. Um, there's no reason to go home early. TikTok and all those things can wait. You can do those at the stadium. And so, again, there's there's been a conscious effort and a real push around campus to not only get students to stay in town but to also stay for the entirety of the game and i think to some extent maybe that extends beyond students too just you know stay for the game if you have to really go out and chug a light beer for 2 minutes at halftime maybe you need to you know reimagine or, or uh, i guess you know relook at your priorities a little bit so We'll see how much that plays into effect for this one.
0: Yeah, let me know how that uh, goes. Like convincing students to uh, to to look at maybe uh, drinking less. I think that'll. I'd like to kind of see you have some of those uh, conversations. Ryan Wallace joining us from GoPowerCats.com, and again, you can follow him at GPC Wallace. Does a great job on Kansas State recruiting. That sounds like from looking at your Twitter. You really, uh, like a lot of people, admire Skyler Thompson. Baylor has had some issues with quarterbacks who move around, and, and they've had trouble corralling some of those guys, although they just played great against the Oklahoma quarterback, who's a good mobile-type quarterback. What has – is Skylar Thompson um, this year when he's been the most successful – is he getting out and, and moving around quite a bit, or has it been more when he stays in the pocket? What, have, what, have, what has been working for him uh, this season?
1: Well, surprisingly, you know, when Skyler Thompson came out of high school, he's from the Kansas City area, Fort Osage High School, I, I wouldn't have deemed him a dual threat. He's certainly not Gary Bohannon, um, but at the same time, he was mobile enough where he could keep a defense honest. And I think that it was that way early on in his career at K-State really up until maybe this season. And this season, he went down with an injury against Southern Illinois early in that game, forced him to miss several weeks. And when he came back, it was very clear against Oklahoma um, that he just didn't really have the mobility that he had as far as running, uh, making cuts. I mean, he was never really a juking kind of quarterback. But again, he he certainly wasn't going to make anybody miss coming after this injury. But in, a, in an odd way, it has made him better in the pocket from the standpoint of him knowing his limitations now with that knee, um, knowing that he can't really scramble and extend plays as well as he used to. And so he's been quicker in the pocket to make decisions. He's, he knows where his receivers are going to be. Um, he's not locking on to one. It's, it's very quick, and it's, it's really made him a more effective and accurate passer. And you've seen that in the numbers this K-State offense has become remarkably more balanced. Um, they're trusting him with his arm a little bit more. And, you know, I, I think that's also opened up the ground game for Deuce Vaughn as well. So in a weird way, um, his kind of lack of mobility has in turn made K-State a better offense through the air.
0: All right. And then Baylor obviously has a great running back in Abram Smith, who's uh, who's really one of the top backs in in the country. What do you think? Uh, you know, K State was sort of familiar uh, with what they've done on defense. What what have they done this season? Uh, and are they? You know, when have they been susceptible as far as to the run game? I I kind of sense that they'll load up and sell out uh, uh, on the run and really challenge Gary to beat them with a pass. And and he's capable of that. Uh, although uh, when they can't run, this team, that's when they don't you know, function as well. And they have had moments where that's happened to them this season. What, what has K-State done in that run defense this year?
1: Well, listening to the coaches talk in media availability this week, I think there's still, there's still a fear. Uh, and I think they're still going to play as honest as possible up front early on in the game, because I think, like I said, there is a little bit of a fear of getting beat, deep by a Taquan Thornton, by an RJ Snead, um, So I think you'll see maybe one or two guys uh, hang back over the top early on and see if that works. Uh, But you're right. I think that, by and large, they do want to stop the run first and see if they can kind of take that asset away from Baylor because it it has been clear that that's what the Bears want to do. That's how things get started for them on offense. As far as K-State's defense goes, I think that does play to their strength. Last year, that was this was an atrocious tackling team defensively, particularly in the open field. They have shored up that a little bit this year. I think they're a stronger tackling team, definitely better against the run, I think, than the pass. And they've gone to a three-three-five base defense. Timmy Horn is a defensive tackle that they landed out of Charlotte, um, a transfer this season, graduate transfer. He's been really good at nose tackle. Um, just a guy that attracts, you know, double teams, um, but you know has enough burst and, and spark where he can uh, get into the backfield at times too. Eli Huggins is another guy that's done very well. Obviously, the guy that has been attracting all the headlines and rightfully so is the Lee Summit defensive end, Kansas City area defensive end, Felix Amudike Uzama. Um, again. Uh, the type of defensive lineman that he's been impacting the backfield, getting sacks, tackles for loss, but a guy that, you know, size wise is built nice for a three, three, five. He's a guy that understands contain, uh, understands how to set the edge against the run. So you have those guys, but I think what's made this defense play better in this winning streak is their linebackers have been getting the run fits have been playing their assignments more sound Daniel Deuce Green is a guy you'll hear a lot about, very active linebacker. Cody Fletcher, native Texan, he's a guy that should rack up numbers in a game like this if Baylor is to run because that's a you know something that fits to his forte. He's not you know a good coverage linebacker, but he can go north to south and um, stop the run very well. And this is a group of safeties that play the run very well. Jerron McPherson is a guy that enjoys coming up into the box. Uh, They'll play Ross Elder, TJ Smith, guys that like coming up into the box. And then Russ Yeast is a safety that they'll probably, like I said, keep him over the top, a better coverage safety, but still a good tackler. I think that by and large, this is a K-State defense that will load the box. And as long as they can contain, I think they'll be fine. What worries the Kansas State fan base a little bit is this isn't a defense. They've gotten faster year to year under Chris Kleiman, but they're still not, I would say, electric speed wise. And so if you allow, allow Abram Smith, if you allow, you know, Tristan Ebner, these guys to get in this zone scheme and, and spread this mm-hmm. defense out horizontally, uh, you know, over the course of time I think there is a fear that maybe they wear K State down. But if K State can play assignment sound football, hit their hit their run fits and their gaps the way they're supposed to and the way they have this these last four weeks. Um, you know, I, I think by design, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can handle, you know, this, this Baylor running attack.
0: All right. Well, uh, Ryan, we really appreciate it. I was made some joke earlier in the show today about uh, Lockett because, you know, there's Tyler, and then when I was in school at Baylor, um, well, actually, that was before, right, right as the Big 12 was coming into being, and then Kevin Lockett, of course. And then I just happened to see on your Twitter some reference to Sterling Locket. These lockets haunt everybody uh that plays against Kansas State. Is that is that one of Kevin's son Sterling that's uh that's going to be so, a, a new recruit at Kansas State?
1: Yes, yes. So Sterling will uh is expected to sign anyway. I mean, he will. Uh with the okay. upcoming 2022 class and he is Kevin's <laughs> son, so uh you know, brother to, to Tyler and uh you know, maybe I shouldn't tell you this just you know, I don't want to ensue any more nightmares, but Sterling actually has two twin brothers that are younger than him. Oh <laughs> so my. there are more lockets on the way. Uh, and I've heard they're, I think, eighth graders. So they will be freshmen in high school coming up this next fall. And I've heard they're relatively athletic as well. All right.
0: I think hopefully that's a Baptist family. I'm going to send some Baylor coaches <laughs> out to take a peek <laughs> at those twins. But uh, hey, Ryan, appreciate it, and uh, it'll be it'll, it'll be fun uh, tomorrow. This thing is uh, this thing is coming up on us quickly, and uh, enjoy it, and enjoy that sunset at five o'clock. Okay.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll grab some hot chocolate.
0: Okay, there he goes, uh, Ryan Wallace. Go.